Podcast friends, my name is David Lee, and you're listening to the Inspire Design Create Podcast, giving freelance filmmakers a voice, sharing their stories, and connecting the world of cinematography, commercial filmmaking, and starting your own business together. Let's go. Mic check one, two, mic check one, two, mic check one, two. Alrighty, friends, what is going on? Brand new week, brand new podcast episode. Today, we are talking about Cinemon lenses. Are they worth it? Right? Cinemon vintage lenses, I should say. Um, is it worth it? Is it worth to spend a couple thousand dollars, a couple hundred dollars on lenses that are from like the 1970s, 60s, 50s, and 40s? And I think it, I think it kind of depends, you know. In, in, in my world, it doesn't necessarily um, bode favorable for me to always use vintage lenses for every shoot, right? Like if I were to invest in say like $3,000 on cine modding uh, a pair of, uh, or a set of Canon FD lenses, it doesn't make sense if I'm not gonna be able to use those lenses all the time, right? Uh, so in con- so to compare that, the lenses that I use pretty much all the time are the the Sigma Cine lenses, the 18 and 35, the 24 millimeter prime, the 50 millimeter prime, um, I like them. You know, I, I kind of took a page out of um, out of Roger Deakins' book, right? Sir Deakins. And every interview I saw with him, you know, he never uses um, older lenses, anamorphic lenses, where they're all like master primes. They're all older contact Zeiss lenses back in the day, uh, the Distagon lenses, and now they're the Airy Signature Primes, right? They're very sharp, very clean, uh, very accurate lenses, right? Color reproduction, uh little to no uh, spherical aberration or chromatic aberration, right? They're very clean lenses, uh, much like the Sigma lenses, right? Uh, no uh, focus breathing. The Sigmas have a little, little focus breathing, um, especially like if you go the 50 to 100, it has a lot of focus breathing, right? But other than that, they're very clean, very, you know, very clinical, very sharp lenses. And one way you can make a pair of lenses, not so sharp and clinical, um, you know, two ways, right? One is through lighting, which is what Roger Deakins does, uh, but if you don't have a uh, huge budget to to get down to the nitty gritty, the nitty gritty of like the fixtures and the, the the cloth and the neg and all that kind of stuff, right? Then you're sort of left with the the recipe that I use, right? Which is diffusion. If you take sharp lenses like the like the Sigma lenses and you put diffusion in front of them, right? Hollywood Black Magic, Pro Mist. Glimmer glass, whatever kind of uh, diffusion filter or filtration you like, if you put that in front of you know sharp lenses like like the Sigmas, then you end up with a different look. And then if you want the clean, super sharp, super detailed look, then you don't use diffusion, right? You just use the lenses uh, as they are. So that's been that's been my recipe. <clears throat> now, if we take that into the context of like um, old vintage lenses, right? So I have a set of Canon FD lenses. I have a 20 millimeter, a 28 millimeter, and a 50 millimeter. And all those lenses have like quirks, you know, like my 50 millimeter is, is more blue. My 28 millimeter um, is fairly neutral. Uh, my 20 or my 20, that's my 28 millimeter. My 20 millimeter has, <clears throat> is like super contrasty for some reason out, out of the box. Um, and it flares like, like crazy, um, right? And so that being said, if I know a lens is going to flare like crazy, that means I need to be able to control it, which is usually a matte box. Um, but if you ever tried using a matte box, like a regular matte box uh, from like wooden camera, bright tangerine, um, any standard matte box that takes a like four by five, six, five filters, 
um, it's it's difficult in a way where it's not always the best experience, right? So say for instance, if I'm using like my 20 millimeter, right? It's so small and then I throw on like, even like my Mr. Adam, which isn't a huge map box, it's very lightweight. But if I throw it on, then as I'm pulling focus, there's more tension, right? Because I have this huge diameter thing in front of the lens that it has to like move through through gravity, right? It has to move against physics. Um, so there's that. Um, and then on top of that, you know, every lens that you get, whether it's from eBay, <clears throat> yeah, whether it's from eBay or Craigslist or wherever it is, right? You can't guarantee the quality of the lens. You know, does the lens have like missing coatings? Is it more contrasty than your other lenses? Is one lens more blue and the other lens is more red, right? There is no like quality assurance, so you can't guarantee that all of your lenses are even gonna match, right? So now all that being said, like what would it cost to actually uh, cine mod a set of vintage lenses, right? Um, Cinemod lenses who I've been using for, you know, probably two, three years. Um, I only, I actually just get their um, custom caps, uh, the front caps and the rear caps, but I do have their, um, what is it? It's like a 52 millimeter to 80, uh, 85 millimeter uh, step up ring. So you can use like map boxes and stuff like that, right? It has 82 millimeter uh, front filter thread and that kind of stuff, right? And I have that on my uh, Canon FD 50 millimeter and my 28 millimeter, right? And then that, that's really, yeah, I didn't, I didn't do like the the um, uh, the full EF conversion. I didn't do like like the full uh, declicking the aperture or infinity focus calibration, all that kind of stuff, right? If you do that for one lens, it's going to cost uh, roughly $400. It just depends if you want more fancier stuff or less fancier stuff, right? But on average, um, to get a, a fully cine modded lens, just one lens uh, for a Canon FD is gonna cost you around $400, right? That again includes like a, a, a step up ring. So 52 millimeters to 80 millimeter diameter, right? Outer diameter It's gonna give you the EF or the FD to EF conversion, the full conversion. It's gonna give you the front uh, custom cap, the rear uh, custom cap. It's gonna get you a follow focus gear, um, and uh, I think infinity calibration as well too, right? So four hundred dollars for one lens. And let's say you want, uh, like, you're really invested, you really want to go for this, right? You're probably gonna have a full set of lenses to send in, which means you might have something like, say, a twenty-four, thirty-five, fifty, and a eighty-five, right? Pretty standard. Yeah, four lenses you're gonna send in. Four times four, that's like sixteen hundred plus applicable taxes and shipping, right? And you might end up being at like, I don't know, $1,800, right? So we'll just run it up to say $2,000, right? So $2,000 plus the whatever, you know, amount you paid for the lenses, right? Probably like 45 bucks, 50 bucks. Um, if you just got the standard ones, right? I'm not talking about like the 24, like the L or the F2 ones, those are like 500 bucks a piece, 800 bucks a piece, right? Just the regular like 24, 28, 35, 28, the 50, 14, and the 85, 14, right? Just the standard ones. Uh, you're, you know, total, so your total, you're probably looking at like 2,200 bucks, 2,300 bucks total, right? For fully modded, cine modded lens, good quality cine modded lenses uh, for cine mod lenses. And again, this isn't anything against like, you know, cine mod lenses or Duclos, or Duclos lenses. This is just, this is a, a theoretical, right? It is, does it make sense for you as an owner operator to to uh, send in a full set of, of lenses to have them city modded versus versus the the um, the competition so to speak right and the competition would be actually paying for like fully housed cinema lenses whether they're sigma or canon um, the dzo stuff is very popular now the best bit primes um, if it's like rokinon or the zine lenses right which are very affordable 
um, right? Does it make sense to to say like so for me my eighteen and thirty five I bought for uh, the Sydney version I bought for like twenty eight hundred dollars, right? The twenty four millimeter I bought brand new, so that was like thirty five hundred bucks, and then my fifty millimeter I bought used, that was like twenty. I think that was like three thousand dollars, right? So in in total, I spent almost like nine thousand dollars, right, on 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 three lenses, right? Nine thousand versus you know twenty two, twenty three hundred dollars for a full set of, of vintage lenses, right? Um, but I will say that it, it's it's a lot easier to put fully housed cinema lenses on a rental package than it is you know trying to uh, persuade production to go with your your vintage Canon FD lenses, right? No matter how good they are or artistic they are or how much character they have, right? Uh, most of the time for commercial work, right, they don't want vintage stuff unless it's like a vintage ad, right? They're going to want sharp lenses. That's like Zeiss Supremes, that's the Sigma, that's the Airy Signature Primes. Um, that's anything that is that is sharp, right? Anything, anything that's sharp and detailed and and, uh, and, arc- and accurate. Um, and so with the FDs, again, you can't... Um, you, you can't quality control the lens that you're buying. And if you do, you're going to end up spending more money because say you get, you know, a, say you buy five 50, millim- 50 millimeter lenses, right? FD 50 millimeter lenses. All five of those lenses are, are going to be different. They're going to be different. And then you have to go through and say, okay, this one is the best one of these five, right? And then, you know, you got to match them with the 35. You gotta match them with the 24. You gotta match them with the 20 millimeter. You gotta match them with the 85 and the 135 and the 200 and all that kind of stuff, right? And so, yes, you are saving money in, in the long run. But again, unless you're gonna use those lenses like on every single shoot, uh, my advice would be not to invest in cinema lenses and, and actually just go with uh, more modern lenses, right? And then use dif- use use diffusion filters, um, change up your lighting style, right, to match that. Um, and, and so on and so forth. Um, now if you are, if you really want like a separate set of lenses that, and you don't want to have like, you know, two sets of like a sig, you know, a full set of Sigma lenses and a full set of like, say, um, like Zeiss Milvis lenses or something like that. Right. Maybe you, maybe you're cool. Okay. I'm going to buy a set of Zeiss Milvis lenses. Those are like my standard lenses I'm going to use. And then for one-off projects where I want a little bit more character, maybe you look into buying like a, a set of Canon FD lenses. But I, I wouldn't go all the way in as far as like modding them, right? Because if you're not going to use them that much, then that's sort of a waste of money. So with my 50 millimeter and my 20 millimeter and my 20 millimeter, the only things I have are like the the step up ring from Cinema Lenses, the custom front cap. Um, I have just little little janky passive adapters, right? So Canon FD is to Sony E mount, Canon FD to RF mount, right? Um, and then I have uh, the focus gear, which actually I bought from Follow Focus Gear, so they make really quality. Uh, follow focus gears for all kinds of lenses, right? Could even be, you know, modern lenses, uh, SLR lenses, photo lenses, stuff like that. And um, so that's my approach, right? Is, is like, um, if I'm only going to use them a couple couple of times a year, I just need them to basically work, right? And I don't like using map boxes with, with those lenses. It's just too fucking big and, and it ends up being kind of a, a nightmare when it comes to focus pulling, especially if you're, if you're pulling focus yourself, you know? Um, so those are, yeah, those are pretty much like my thoughts on on, on cine, uh, modding, cinema modding vintage lenses. What are your thoughts, right? Have you already invested in, in a set of contact Zeiss or Canon FD or, or anything like that, right? Um, let me know what you guys are doing with your, with your vintage lenses or if you're not doing anything at all with your vintage lenses. If that's the case, then put them on eBay, make a couple bucks back, right? Christmas is coming up. I know you got to buy some more 
you know, CFAST cards or XQD cards, whatever it is, you know? So uh, that is it for this week. We only have a few more weeks left actually of, of the year, right? It's like middle of November, uh, Thanksgiving is around the corner. And, uh, and, and I know, I think it's, it's going to be a really nice, um, a nice way to end the year, right? So hopefully you guys are, are having fun and, and staying safe and, and cool projects are, are in the, in the pipeworks, right? Whether it's end of the year or for next year. Um, and, and that is it. Yeah. So if you like this uh, episode, please rate it on, on iTunes podcast. I, I'd appreciate it. Uh, follow the podcast if you aren't already. Um, and I don't know. I don't really know what to say at the end of these things, right? So like, like say bye or see you next time, that kind of thing, right? Um, anything, anything new? Uh, we did get uh, a new camera. Uh, I will let you guys guess what it is. You can, uh, sooner or later, Instagram, I'll, I'll show what I got. Um, nothing fancy. It, it's, well, I mean, I guess it's fancy. Um, but um, I, I needed a camera... So for a while, I guess, oh my God, we're, we're going to keep ranting on here. All right. Okay. So stay with me. Um, so FX9, right? My, my main camera. Um, and but I needed something that I, that I could throw on a gimbal easy, throw on an overhead rig easy, throw for a car mount easy, hostess tray or, or um, like a pursuit car uh, sort of setup, uh, something that would be a lot easier to use on say a slider, dolly, right? Something just small and compact, right? And so it was like, I don't, I don't really want an FX6 because, you know, I, at the end of the day, like it's, it's, it's still just another camera that I would probably have to build out. I don't want an FX3 because I did rent the FX3 for a shoot and I, I, I wasn't really impressed with it. Um, you know, same thing with A7S3. It's like, ah, I have my A7 III if I really needed something like that, you know? Uh, so, you know, what were the other options? So I went with an option. And so far, pretty happy with it. I'm using it on a music video next week, and and very stylized music video. So I think uh, the the sensor and the, and the dynamic range are definitely up to up to the task. And uh, so yeah, just keep in tune with my Instagram. Shameless plug. Go follow me on Instagram at David Lee. And I will I will catch you guys in the next podcast episode. Bye bye.